Mr. Jeff Browning, welcome back to, to Western States. Thanks. This is your third year in a row. Yes. Uh, after a third and fourth place finish in 2016 and 2017. Yeah. But you are in a unique position in that you actually ran the race way back in the day in 2002. 2002. It was My your first hundred. <laughs> first hundred. Tell us about that experience. What's what's the same? What's different? <laughs> uh, well, there weren't smartphones. Yeah. Um, and uh, we didn't stream things on the internet live. Yeah, we didn't. There weren't, weren't pre-race interviews or anything like that. Uh, you know, not not a lot has changed with the course that much. Um, you know, a few little sections, but uh, it's still hot. Mm -hmm. uh, it always seems to turn hot right for this weekend. I think Mother Nature is an ultra fan. Just in the nick of time. Just like, how have things changed like with your career? Like that was your first well, hundred. Yeah. How'd you end up there and, and how have things gone in the 15 years I mean, since then? I, I just, when I first got into ultras I came from a cycling mountain biking background and I was totally into climbing and mountain biking and kind of was just like hobby sports you know. I was like a weekend warrior. And, but I trained a lot like four or five days a week on the bike and did some running with my dog and that kind of stuff but I had I got into ultra running in 2001 and the reason I got into ultra running because I heard about Western States 100. Mm -hmm. I wanted to run Western States as kind of like that life bucket list mm -hmm. and at the time I'd seen a North Face I think uh, movie documentary on Western States and I was like wow I kind of want to do that mm -hmm. and I realized you can't just get in the race. Mm -hmm. You have to qualify. Back then it was a 50 mile qualifier and so I, I spent 01 like and this was 2000 when I first learned about it and I I just basically was like, oh man, well, I can't get in. Well, I've got to get a qualifier. Well, I haven't even run a half marathon. So I better run a half marathon. So I ran a half marathon, a marathon in 2000. 2001, I ran a 50K, a 50, two 50Ks and a 50 miler, qualified, got in on the lottery, and it was only 50% chance to get in back then. Flip of a coin. Back in the day. And, yeah, way back. You know, it wasn't like, what, 8% chance now? So that was your first 100, and how many have you done now to, to date? Uh, 30, this is. This will be my 31st hundred. Well, actually, 32nd. I, I've had one DNF in 18 years oh. yeah. um, with a rolled ankle at UTMB in 2015. So I was on a roll 15 years with no DNFs. Um, that was hard. I, it took a long time to, to drop out of that race. But I, my rule is always life-threatening or injury right. was the only way you drop it from 100. Good. So you've been at trail and ultra running for 17 years? Eight, this is my 18th season. And so ultra sign-up betrays the fact that your first ultra was at age 29. <laughs> what? And, and when you started ultra running, like sort of like you said, you had strong performances, but they weren't um, at the front of the race as you are now. You're yeah. having your most competitive days right now. Yeah, I came to it more from like, like I just want to finish these things. And so the first couple seasons I was just learning and, and enjoying running in the mountains and these, the, 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 you know, back then it was such a cult small sport that, you know, there weren't eyes on the sport and there was hardly sponsorship in the sport. So, like, it, it was one of those things where you just kind of, you know, it was like going to meet the tribe at some cool mountain town and run a, run a supported adventure run. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how I approached it at first. And then, you know, I, bro I, I ran 20, 2338 at Western States in 02. And so once I went to sub 24, I was like, hmm, I might be okay at these longer distances. I need to try to, I, and I didn't even like train hard. I didn't do any speed work. I didn't do any kind of quality. And I was like, well, maybe I can do more. Cause I came from a high school track background and a lot of other sports, football and that kind of stuff. And so I was like, well, maybe I, if I train, so I started reading and on training and endurance training and 
Arthur Lydiard stuff and I was gonna say was it Lydiard and notes <laughs> and stuff like that and I really started um, just started kind of systematically training and that's when and I went back to strength training too. I come from a strength training background and I went back to working out in a gym with a strength trainer in, in 04. Cause I'd had some knee tracking issues and that kind of stuff in 04. And um, I got like fifth of Wasatch that year in 04, my second hundred. And so, uh, and ran sub 24. And so then I really buckled down and came back and won Bighorn in 05. And that, that was kind of like when I kind of launched. Like, like that's when I was like, okay, I'm focused on this and I'm, you know, was on the old Montreal Patagonia team and um, cool back in the day. Well, so speaking of training, you know, obviously everybody's on Strava now, and so we can see what you do. And I noticed that you've been doing a lot of like biking to a trailhead, and then doing some runs and biking home. I, I know you're a coach as well. You've got a lot of people who you help out with their own training. How is that? What's the strategy behind that, and how do you think it helps you at this point in your career? Well, I have bi I have a garage full of bikes, so <laughs> my wife doesn't like them to gather dust, or else I have to like she starts sell pressuring them. me to sell them. <laughs> um, so uh, I have a motivator there, yeah. but but I do I love cycling, and um, I'm always that's, I'm quick to go to that if I have a little niggle. You know, one of my rules with coaching is two day rule. If you if you have a little niggle, do something that doesn't aggravate it, and usually I find the bike works for that. So if you know you've got a sore knee or something, or extra sore quads, get on the bike for a day or two, and then go do a tester and see if it's feeling better. Cool. Um, so nip it in the bud before it becomes an issue. So, but were you dealing with some injuries, or is no, that like a strategy? I was over training? the I was post UTMB Bear Devil mm -hmm. last season. Yep. I didn't take care of some quad stuff. We moved to Utah, and I just didn't get body work like I normally would, and get take care of some of the you know quad issues I was having. And then when I came back to training, I was having some knee tracking issues, like some patella tendonitis. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was on the bike like, several times. I took a trip to Moab and did just biking mm -hmm. in Moab, and uh, and I kind of like fell in love with the bike again. And and I hadn't been using it very much the last two seasons, just a little. And so this year I was like. I'm going to do it. And I'm also coaching an athlete who's, who was supposed to do uh, lead man. Mm -hmm. So, so he, I've been doing bike workouts, mm -hmm. you know, like riding bike workouts, which was, has been really fun for me becoming from a cycling background. And so I, I just started using it and I've used that bike thing for a long time, just bike packing. Mm -hmm. I've done some bike pack trips. So now I've started, I have a bike pack set up on a 29er and I just go ride up in the national forest to like you know, wilderness area where you can't take a bike, stash the bike, lock it to a tree in the mm -hmm. brush. Go for your run. Yep. Cool. Go, go for a long run and then bike home. Yeah. Well, Human powered. Yeah. Western States present day, your last couple appearances here have been a podium finish and a fourth place finish. 16 and a half hours, 17 and a half hours approximately. Totally different weather conditions. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> like those are pretty good performances but you must be hungry for something else here. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, what is <laughs> yeah. that? I mean, is it to to run your own race better? Is it to achieve a faster time? Is it to well, be all the, obviously it would be like to to go sub sixteen and on this course. Okay. I mean, that, that seems to be something a lot of men want. Yeah, I would love to go sub sixteen. I mean, you know, pie in the sky. I'd love to get Mark Mike Morton's Masters record. Okay. Um, What's that? Fifteen. Fifteen forty-five twenty-five. Yeah. Um, He's coming for you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Mike nailed it in two thousand thirteen. Yeah. I've looked. I have his splits. I've poured over his splits. He ran really well from for, from uh, Michigan Bluff Inn. Mm -hmm. He was flying. 
Um, you know, and he's a different kind of runner. You know, I'm a mountain runner, and he's more. He has that good leg speed. Yeah. So he when he, when it got runnable. He really excelled. Yeah, he came past me on Cal Street pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, dude. He's, he was flying. Some of his splits yeah. are pretty impressive. You know, it was actually a very hot year that year, too. But he's just... also from Florida. Right, right. right? So the humidity, yeah. it's nothing to him. So in thinking about this year's race, I mean, you seem to approach the race, all your 100 milers, in the same way, and that you're well back early and then slowly move through the field late in the race. Do you sort of envision yourself doing that, or will you be kind of looking at splits? Uh, I'm always looking at splits. Yeah. I, if anybody's noticed, I always have a little like really? cheat sheet. Yeah. Um, I have the the Hard Rock John DeWalt tough yeah, okay. wristband yeah, yeah. with with splits taped to it. It's like Tony Romo. With his, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I do. I have my cheat sheet. Um, I always have splits on me, so I'm looking at splits the whole time. But I'm running. A, I always run this race against the course. Mm -hmm. I'm not running against the field. Mm -hmm. It's not. You can't. You got to run your own race in a hundred, mm -hmm. um, and you got to run to your strengths. And um, and if you get caught up in someone else's race, then you're going to end up running probably to your weaknesses. Yeah. But so can I ask you about that? Because there seems to be like some people who perform better when um, they wait to like kind of put the pressure on later in the race. Like there's people who can just hold slightly faster paces at 80 miles, 90 miles in. And there's some guys and women who can't. Like, do you have any sort of feeling on why you can? Hmm. Is it a mental thing? Like, do you gain momentum by passing people? And that helps. That helps. That doesn't hurt. Do you not feel pain? <laughs> oh, I feel pain. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm reading the book Endure right now. Okay. And um, the, about the mind-body link to, uh, and the psychology of positive speak and all those kind of things. And I think, um, I've, it's funny, it resonates with me after 18 years of ultra running. Like, I use a lot of the stuff that they talk about in that book. And I think that's important. You have to visualize, you have to positive speak, you have to slay mental dragons. You know, those, those negative thoughts are always going to come up, especially in the second half of the race. It's like, ah, oh, you can hike this. You can, you can take a walk break, you know? And you have to be able to, like, no, recognize it and, sh and shove it down. And I think I, I've had a lot of practice. I mean, 30 hundreds to practice mental game. And for me, like, at some point, you can only train so much. And... Um, you know, it, it, the rest is mental. So you have to bring the mental game. It's huge in this race. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, Jeff. As yep. the, the king of 100 milers, it's only right that you kick off the coverage. So uh, good luck this weekend and maybe a round of applause for our. Uh, thanks, Steve. -o.